Blog Talk Radio. Now let's join Holly Steffi and Red Velvet Media as we explore the inspirational worlds of music, media, and more. we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio and today I have a very special show. I love having Betsy on my show. She's been on a couple times with some of her amazing books. Betsy Otter Thompson has a new book out and we are going to be talking about her newest book and um, she just keeps writing these amazing books that really make you think and really speak to you. Um, Her newest book is Where You Come From and where you are going. Um, it's basically a book that she's talking about. It just offers a lot of guidance regarding how to find things comfortable in the world where uncomfortable things happen, quoting from her website, which is BetsyThompson.com. And um, she has quite a few other books out that we've had on the show, Walking Through Illusions, What Happens If, um, The Mirror Therapy, Love Parent. Um, excuse me, my voice is just like going today. But I am going to bring Brett's Betsy into the studio really quick, and we are going to talk about her newest book and um, wh- how it can help a lot of people, which I think really would be cool. And your background, Betsy, is welcome to the show, by the way. Your background Thank is you. amazing. Yeah, I mean, um, before we got on the air, we were talking about the earthquakes in California. And Betsy used to live in California and actually had, as you said, you were up in the ivory tower working for Castle Rock Entertainment, assistant to the chairman and CEO. And um, and then you went on to work at Warner Brothers and became his executive assistant. And then you started writing and penning these books and decided to get to the core of everything that you're about, which is really cool. Um, and you have this newest book out. Let's talk about your newest book and a little bit about what what motivated you to write this book. And then I want to know what you're work, currently working on, because I know you're working on another book. You have to be. <laughs> well, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're perfect. Okay, because I, I pushed I the button on, my, on my earphone, and I wondered if I pushed the mute button, but I'm glad I did Oh, no, 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 I can hear you. <laughs> okay. Totally fine. Um, well, I wrote Love Human because I wanted answers to my questions. So that's pretty much how all my books begin. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions, and I want the answers. And it's not that I haven't heard beautiful answers from other people. Uh, it's just that we have different questions. And um, I wanted the answers to my questions, and... Um, so basically, that's how Love Human began. It followed the book Love Parent, and it just seemed like a natural uh, sequel to Love Parent to talk about um, us as human beings. And so that's that's how it began. Well, you know, you have written, I know in your last book you said um, when we did the interview, we were talking about how you felt like, you giggled on quite a few of the different areas in the book because you said there were things in there that were stories, personal stories that you you learned and walked through and stuff like that. And it really made me think 
how great is that to be able to write a story that you could actually learn from by rereading what you're writing? So I think there was something about your mother in one of the books that you had spoken about, and it was really interesting. Um, I think all my books are that way because I feel mm-hmm. that my books come, uh, first of all, to help me, and if they help other people, then that's just a bonus. Uh, but they they basically speak to the issues that are po- important to me. And, mm-hmm. yes, my mother was a great example of of um, someone that I needed to forgive and, and um and I need to understand what and I need to understand what the miracle is all about, and the miracle is always about forgiveness and uh, being able to release, forgive, and move on, and and also to find the reasons. Or the, I mean, I believe that we make our decisions before we come here too, and that I chose to be her daughter, and so I have to find the reasons that I chose her for a parent because that, that's mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. Finding what you've learned from the choices you have made, whether you make them before you get here or after you get here. And uh, there was there was plenty of um, of forgiveness that I needed to go through with my mom, and when I did, it, it made all the difference to me. I don't know that it made that big a difference to her, but you don't forgive people uh, for their sake; you you forgive them for your sake. And there was also the great lesson of realizing that the fact that I couldn't get along with my mom and that she had uh, she had different ideas about what was important in life and uh, what we should be doing in life. And the very fact that I disagreed with her is what pushed me to find what did work for me instead of what worked for her. I'm not saying that she was wrong. I'm just saying that it's what worked for her life. It didn't work for my life. So I had to find what worked Mm -hmm. for my life. And once I was able to do that, I was able to thank her and be grateful for the fact that she pushed me so hard against what I to do what I didn't want to do that, that it helped me to find what I did want to do. Oh sure, no. That's that's like totally spot on with that. And I know that your children play such an important part in your life as well. And I know both of your daughters have been doing art and um I was commenting to you before we went on the air, I love the cover. If you haven't seen the cover, go to the website. The cover is amazing. It's like the heart chakra is completely open there, I think. And you said your son drew that. My my son designed the cover. Yes, he did. That's he designed amazing. the cover. Yes, uh, uh, he's, That's he's so he's, cool. I was thrilled. I was thrilled with what he did. Absolutely thrilled, and I've had a lot of compliments on it. Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. It's it's really it's really profound too as well. Um, I know your daughters have been doing a lot of artwork too. Now, because yes. um, you post a lot of that, and by the way, Betsy is on Facebook as well. Under Betsy Otter Thompson, or Betsy, I think it's Betsy Otter that yes. you're under there. Mm-hmm. And um, you can go on there, and you do a lot of a lot of little uh, different inspirational quotes during the week. And a lot of them are taken, I know, out of your book and what you're feeling at the time, and they're really cool. They're, a lot of times they really feel right like you're talking to me so i know a lot of the times that i see them they're really they're really amazing um oh thank you well you you know that just means we're going through the same thing at the same time holly because basically they come out of what i need to hear too so you know really i guess we're all learning together we're all here together we're all learning together Mm -hmm. and and i'm glad that you're enjoying them that's that's the main thing i know they're awesome 
Like today's one was ego takes the position that only a special few are holy. Love takes the position that holiness is, therefore, it is everyone. That's really heavy. That's um, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, you know, and then another one that really, really struck me this week was the one that you wrote about your soul runs your life and your soul is concerned with the best for your growth, not with the best for your picture. So in right. other words, it's like basically like don't be concerned so much about how everything looks on the outside. It's more it's more what's inside. Um so how did you you know, for our listeners that haven't um been on any of our interviews before, you and I have done these interviews and we talk really a lot about the book and what really is part of the book. And I know a lot of the chapters I've I've, I've read some of them, and they're just so it's it's so it's so deep and meaningful because a lot of it I know is your own personal experience, and it starts off with who am I, um, and then you go into imagination, and then um, some of the other ones are physics, comfort, outer space, transition. How do you? Um, when you sit down and you write these books, because I know we've talked about it before, where does this come from inside of you when you're writing these? Well, you know, that's that's a good question. I, I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> I mm. only know that it's there when I need it. And mm. I, I, I guess it's the same thing if you ask, I mean, I could ask my daughter, where do you get your visions or where, do, where did, you know, where paints. do you get those, those yeah. uh, images? I, I don't I don't know where they come from. I only know that we all have our own specific gifts, and we own, and and I just know that. I mean, I knew that I could do it. I knew that I could communicate with spirit when I was really young. I mean, I was about mm-hmm. four or five years old, and uh, I, I mean, for all I knew, everybody did it. So I I asked my sister who she spoke to, and she went ballistic, and so that was enough to scare me away from doing it anymore, and. Um, and I didn't do it again until I was in California and almost homeless, and then I decided my life sure wasn't working so far that I would that I would try to honor this gift and see what happened. And what happened was a miracle because uh, ten days later I had the job at Castle Rock Entertainment and stayed and worked for the next for the man for the same man for the next eighteen years until I could retire. So it was like the universe said, "Well, if you're ready, we're ready, and here we go." But I think we all have to be, you know, I had to I had to be my authentic self for my life to work. And before that, I hadn't been my authentic self. I had been uh, trying everything else but what I could really do. And um, and it was it was uh, it seemed like a brave step at that time because in those days, um, it wasn't the world that it is today with a lot of acceptance around this idea and uh, of being able to communicate with spirit. And so, I, but I decided that I was going to be who I was and let the chips fall where they may. And believe mm-hmm. me, they fell beautifully because I guess we, we have a reason for being here. And, if, and, and until we honor it, we don't know why we're here. And after we honor it, then, then the universe rushes in with all the support you need to be who you really are. Now, what recommendation would you have to somebody that really wants to find why they're here besides just focusing on themselves? What else could they do to well, really focus on that? I think a lot of that? it has to do with appreciating mm-hmm. what you do have and appreciating who you are and how far you've come because it, it, isn't, it doesn't matter what happens into your, in your life 
on the outside of your life that's going to improve anything because if no matter if you have a bad attitude about what's going on right now then it, then whatever happens you're going to take that attitude into it so i really think it starts with appreciating who you are and what you do and what you enjoy doing and uh and letting it flow and let it let it let it come from your appreciation of the moment and what what's happening right now i mean people have different reasons for being here not everybody comes mm-hmm. here to be a writer not everyone comes here to be an artist people come here uh as, as sometimes as as very short lives and they have a gift to somebody as be, for being here only for a short time so it isn't about um trying to fit into anyone else's category it's about just appreciating your authentic self and who you are and enjoying that person because, uh, you know, tomorrow is just the emotions that you take with you from today. So if you want tomorrow to be fun and joyful and full of laughter and happiness, you got to make it happen today that way. Yeah, no, you know, that's such a great outlook to have, too. Um, a lot of people I know will be that, be in the moment, so to speak, and enjoying what is going on around you what recommendation would you have for somebody that maybe has a little bit of a challenge with something that's going on internally um that they can't that they can't really fix um in other words like people that are feeling that are ill or people that are in situations where they can't really fix it um I always am mispositive. I try to look at everything and look, try to see how I can fix everything. Um, yeah, well, you're talking about fixing it in the picture of life, and I don't mm-hmm. think that we have to fix anything in the picture of life because the picture, just, mm-hmm. the picture just unfolds according to what our emotional progress is. And so if you're trying to fix something on the outside of you, look, I would think that, you know, you should look for what is happening on the inside of you in terms of your mind because the body is, is reflective energy, and so it's reflecting on the outside of you or in, the, in your body whatever is happening in your mind. And so if you are, um, if you are being, you know, when you, when you want to heal, there's a chapter on this in the book about health, mm-hmm. uh, ease versus disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You need to X-ray your thoughts the same way you X-ray your body. You X-ray your body to find what's going on inside of it. You need to do that. So it's the same thing with your thoughts and to find any thoughts in your mind that are full of dis ease because that's where the healing is waiting to happen and and that's where that's why things are happening in your body to reflect that dis-ease that you feel so it all it all begins with you're asking yourself you know what do i feel uncomfortable about or how am i making other people feel uncomfortable or where is the dis-ease in my life because once you heal that uh wherever it is the body reflects the healing and it flows and yeah, it flows, and you don't have to worry more. about so much. You know, your soul is not going to let you leave this journey until it's time for you to leave. And mm-hmm. so why, why, you might as well just learn what you can while you're here and trust that the soul is in control. The soul, is, the soul comes here for a reason, and if you have, are refusing to acknowledge um, the healing that can happen for you, then the soul might say, well, if you're refusing to deal with the healing, we'll just jump out of this game and come back again and try again. If you're dealing with all the challenges and you're dealing with all the uh, the healing that your soul is trying to help you live, um, you're going to keep here, you're going to stay here so that you can do some more healing. I mean, I think it's what we're all about anyway. We come here because we believe that uh, we, we have something to share or to, we have love to give to others. 
And, I mean, why else would we decide to come here? Nobody could be thinking before they get here, well, I'm going to come so I can be mean to everybody. I'm going to become mm-hmm, come here so mm-hmm. I can be nasty all the time. I'm going to come here because I, so I can hurt other people. Nobody makes a journey with that in mind beforehand. And so it has to be that we feel that we can learn something and we can love somebody uh, or we can sh- share love with other people. And so it's just about doing that and, and uh, healing ourselves. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think I think that the pe- to take the step to be able to do that is really important. Um, what would you recommend to somebody that is just starting on their soul journey? Because um, I know that you yourself, each individual has their own way of doing things, um, as you've spoken about in a lot of your books. Um, and your way may not be the right way, or not the right way, but might not be comfortable for someone else. And what they might, how they'd go about it might not be comfortable for you. So what would you recommend to somebody that wants to start out, that really wants to go on that journey, and they really need to have an open mind? And um, what are the tools that you would recommend to somebody? Well, I would tell them, first of all, you don't have to do so much because if the soul hears the prayer that you want to heal and you want to grow, mm-hmm. it's going to put everything in front of you that you need in order to do it. So you don't have to go out there and strive and try and try to create stuff. The soul's going to do that automatically. So you just need to deal with whatever comes along and know that it's timely in your life or you wouldn't have it, uh, to know that it's got something to teach you or you wouldn't be going through it. Uh, this is really about trusting that the soul is you know, wise, the soul has an overview of what you've lived before you got here this time. And so it knows why you're here and what you're here to do. And it's giving you, on a day-to-day basis, everything that you need to deal with uh, to, to, to be who you came here to be. It's just that we don't always say that we, always, we don't always welcome it. But if it's happening, it's welcome in terms of your soul is concerned. And so it's saying, okay, thank you. Uh, now, now, how can I find the comfort in this and where can I find the growth in this and how can I see this in a positive way instead of a negative way and grow from it yeah absolutely I want to say also really quick if you missed the beginning of the show the show will be available on demand on iTunes afterwards and also on demand on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio and if anybody would like to call in because I'm starting to notice the numbers are going up it's 347 677 one zero three six, and you could either call in um, or even go into our chat room, which is open. Which I want to thank everyone in the chat room, and for everyone that missed it, you can catch it live as a podcast or download. Um, I want to say I posted also your links in the chat room for everyone that wants to be able to go and look at everything. Um, how is this book? It's an extension, basically. You said it's it's a off of love parent to you. Um, in how is this book different than the others? Is it just a journey? Is it just an extension of everything else that you've learned along the way that you're still learning about? Well, I think in the the, book, the one I asked myself, what, what I had the questions that I had before I began this book were, for instance, why am I here? Uh, what's the meaning of life? Uh, is there a reason I'm me and you are you? Where was I before I got here? Where will I be when I leave? You know, what determines the kind of family I enter at birth? Is there life elsewhere? And if so, what is it like? I just had these questions, 
And, um, and you know, I think that my soul knows the questions I have, and so the soul addresses those questions. And um, that's, what, and that's what happens. I mean, I don't really, you know, I don't know how to explain how it happens because I don't know how it happens. All I know is that when I sit down uh, and start to write, it comes. It comes to you, yeah. It just comes to me. And you have everything that comes to me, what mm-hmm. the chapters should be, you know, what the chapters are about. Uh, everything comes to me. So I, I, feel, I consider myself a vessel um, that I'm allowing spirit to speak through me. And that's, that's, the, that's I guess, the gift, the, the gift that I came to be. And so that's why my life wasn't working before I, just, I allowed it to be, because I mm-hmm. wasn't doing what I came here to do, and so therefore nothing was working out. So you feel like now you're able to really, with your books and with talking and, and this show even, that you're speaking from spirit, spirit speaking through you, and as well as your own feelings along with that. Um Tell me about that experience when you were younger and you, I remember you and I speaking about this a couple times before, about that you used to communicate with spirit. And what would spirit tell you as a child? Well, I don't remember the exact message. Um, I only know that I was enjoying it very much. Wow. uh, And that I, uh, every night I would look forward to these conversations. And I was actually, as far as I know, I was talking to, my great-grandmother, because my mother had loved this woman so much and had told, mm-hmm. told me how much I looked like her. And so I thought, well, uh, you know, if I look like somebody my mother loves, maybe I should find out if I was like her in other ways. And so I started asking mm-hmm. her questions. And, and, and I, just, I just assumed everybody did it because I had, no, I had no frame of reference for it. So, you know, that's why I asked my sister who she spoke to. And, and, and of course, she reacted like most children would. Um, to something like that that they'd never heard of, um, she reacted rather vehemently. And so, you know, like any child who's ridiculed for what they're doing, they don't want to continue doing it. They don't want to continue with the ridicule. And I thought to myself, well, if my sister reacted this way, how would other people react if they heard about it? And so mm-hmm. that's why I stopped doing it. But it is interesting th- to note that I, I learned at a very early age why I was here, and then it took me half my life to get back to it. But everything what did you that hear I when lived, you were younger, that, why you were here? What did you hear? Pardon me? What did you hear about I heard answers when you to the younger? questions I had at the age of four and five, and I don't wow. remember what they were. It's amazing. And as a child in school and stuff, did it really help you with your friendships and, and what you were doing in life? I don't know because it didn't last long enough for that. I only did it for a couple of months and then was scared mm-hmm. away from doing it. And so it was just an indication for my soul that, you know, that this is something you can do. Uh, because then I knew that when, I, when my life wasn't working and I was almost homeless, that uh, obviously something wasn't working in my life that was supposed to be working. And this was the only thing that I, I knew that I hadn't honored in my life. And so... Mm-hmm. I, I decided that I would honor it, but I did say a prayer uh, when I was just before I started. I said, I, "I want to honor the gift, and I and I want to share it with others." But I sure need a job to support me while I do it, and that's when I got the job. Wow! Yeah, and I mean, it was when you left, you left and you went back home. You ended up back back in back east. Well, after now, I retired, correct? I came back to the east coast because my children were here. Most of my children were here. 
and I could write mm-hmm. anywhere. And so I decided mm-hmm. I would come back here and, and write. Now, with this that's book, one thing, nice thing about writing, you can do it anywhere. You can do it anywhere. You can do it <laughs> yes. even if you're like on vacation or you're. Um, even if you're just walking around, you know, I know a lot of people, they carry around tape recorders and they they tape their thoughts and then they go back and they compose everything. In this latest book, Love Human, um, what part of the book was more, well, I know each and every chapter is different for you, but I know sometimes there are certain parts of the book or certain parts of something that somebody's writing that seems to be a little bit more, sticking with you and really that you that you that you learned through do you have any part of the book that you really connected with more than the others well i think that the chapter nine on judgment was really helpful because it it was um a clearing up for me of a lot of mis uh misconcepts um uh for me and and seeing so clearly how we jump to judgments so quickly about anything that is the least bit different from what the way we are living our lives. I mean, we, we like hold judgments about we other people's norm, philosophies. Yeah. We hold mm-hmm. judgments about people we consider to be victims. We hold judgments mm-hmm. about war. We hold judgments about abortion, about aging, about sickness, about handicaps. And all of the, the only reason we judge is because we think something is wrong. Uh, you know, something isn't the way it's supposed to be. Uh, somebody's a victim and they shouldn't have been, or someone is sick and they shouldn't have gotten sick, or, you know, instead of of realizing that uh, everything that happens to every single person is happening because the soul believes that it's something they can learn through and they need to have. And, you know, we're always uh, so quick to say that people shouldn't have this religion or that religion or this philosophy or that philosophy. Well, first of all, how do we know? they should or they shouldn't. We have no information in terms of their growth or their evolution. So how can we possibly say they should or they shouldn't have this or that? We don't know what they need to have. We only know what we need to have. And I think this this chapter made an impact on me because it allowed me to let go. I let go of uh, what I what I thought other people should be doing or how they should be living or or how they should be experiencing life and all that stuff that we put on ourselves, really, because nobody else cares about our judgments. And the people we judge don't even know we're judging them. We're the ones who suffer from the judgment that we hold within. And exactly. So that was, it was a great release for me to to have spirit go through the different areas of judgment that we do in our lives without even realizing we're doing it. You know, we do. We I, I find myself in thought so much, and like you, it's like the process of it. Um, with this book here, though, are you continuing it on with something else? Because I want to ask you what you're currently working on, because I know that you write and you flow so easy with some of your stuff. It's just so amazing to read. Thank you. I'm working on a book, yes, and it's called uh, You Are What You Think, Make Your Thoughts Delicious. Really? <laughs> yes. Tell really. me about that one. That's a good one. That <laughs> is like to tell you about that one. I'm still working on it. But it's, um, you know, about making your, making what, you know, we have a choice in what we think about and what we keep in our mind. I always used to think that, oh, I mean, I thought for half of my life that I couldn't control my thoughts, that 
if somebody told me I can, you know, I, I should get rid of a thought, I said, how am I supposed to get rid of it? It's there. It's there. I, I can't get rid of it. It's in my head. Well, you know, you get rid of thoughts you don't like by replacing them with thoughts you do like because you can't have two opposing thoughts in your head at the same time. You're either thinking in a positive way or you're thinking in a negative way. And so if you're thinking in a negative way, it's time to think, it's time to replace that negativity with a positive thought. Uh, and mm-hmm. we do control that. We do control that. It's as simple as actually saying, I don't want to think that thought anymore. What do I want to think? And then putting that thought into your head and saying it and repeating it. You know, we get into these habits of, of negative thinking, and it's really all it is is a habit. It's something that you get used to doing, and so you keep doing, and you think you can't control it. But it's, it's no different than breaking any other kind of a habit, and you break one habit by replacing it with another habit. And that's the same thing you must do with the thoughts in your head. If you're uncomfortable with what you're thinking, then put a thought in your head that you are comfortable thinking. Okay, so now what would you recommend to somebody that feels they have a conflict going on? Um, How do you, because I know that you work in the entertainment business. We both know that's not easy. Um, You saw a lot. You met a lot of people. And you did a lot. Um, okay. I can give you a good example of replacing yeah. thoughts in your mind when you're working with people. I worked with somebody mm-hmm. for a while mm-hmm. who I, I went home every night and said to myself, you know, why do they have that job? They don't do this right. They don't do that right. They don't do this right. They don't do that right. And I did that for, uh, you know, a while. And, and, and even though I never said anything to this person, that this person could feel my thoughts and reacted to what they felt. Wow. And so the relationship was very strained. And so one night I said, well, what, how can I heal this relationship? And so I decided that I would start focusing on what this person could do and did do and what they were good at instead of what they were awful at. And as I, I, I made it a Every time that thought came into my head about what they couldn't do, I said, but this is what they can do. And I would remind myself over and over again of what they can do. And because I had a different focus and because something else was coming out of my energy toward this person when I was with her, it transformed the entire relationship mm-hmm. C- completely because she felt me feeling she thoughts felt of what she could do and stuff. praising her yeah. in my mind of what she was good at. And she could tell the difference between that kind of an attitude coming from me and the attitude that was coming from me that she never did anything right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the whole relationship changes, and so that's how you do it. You don't, don't, don't go around expecting that other people are going to change to suit you. People change because they need to change for themselves, not because they need to change for you. You're the mm-hmm. one who needs to change if you want a relationship to, re- to transform. Yep, I agree on that one. And that's really big for a lot of women out there and a lot of men, pretty much anybody out there listening. Anybody. And, yep. again, um, if you're listening to the show and you missed the beginning, it will be available afterwards on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio. And today we have Betsy Otter Thompson with her Love Human, where you come from and where you are going. Um, I wanted to ask you, how has this, how has your writing affected your relationship with your children? Well, I think it's know- made me... Um, mm-hmm. Probably the same way it's made me with all my relationships, more more uh, welcoming of the differences between us. You know, nobody comes here exactly the clone of somebody else, and it's about appreciating who people are instead of wishing they were somebody different. I mean, just appreciating the qualities they do have. It's it's 
it's no different with the way you deal with your children from the way you deal with other people. Um, you want other people to respect you, so you respect them. You want your children to respect you, then respect them. They take their cue from you. However you mm-hmm. treat them is how they treat you. Yeah, don't you and I've had a lot of lessons. A... I've had a lot of lessons with my kids. A lot of no, lessons. No, I bet. Uh, and, um, and, and they've been a great teacher to me. My children have been a great teacher to me. You know, I tell I a lot that... of people that I've learned more from my daughter than I have from anybody else in my life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, a lot, not a lot of it is good, but a not, I mean, it's good and bad. But you see a lot of yourself in your child, and then you learn what maybe you're doing that you want to change because you can see such innocence in them. Well, That's you know, it's not that you want to kill the innocence because children remember who they are and where they come from. They they really mm-hmm. know. Uh, they've just left heaven behind, and, and, and they bring a little bit of that heaven with them. <clears throat> and we need to respect that because this is what we're all trying to get back to, even though we think we have to kill the na- naivete in our children so they can survive in the world. Um, it isn't really true. They're They're better able to survive in the world emotionally when they first get here. Uh, than we are, because they remember what's real and what's important, and they live in the moment. Uh, they aren't worried about yesterday or tomorrow. They're just appreciating and loving whoever is with them in the moment. They are they are teaching us really how how you know the heart of God when they when they get here. And for quite a while, they're teaching us about the heart of God. Don't you think it's also a lot about unconditional love? And they do. They absolutely love unconditionally mm-hmm. for for a very long time. Yes, they do. And they teach us. Yep. It changes. It changes as we get older. I think. Um, I know my own daughter has taught me a lot of things, um, and I've taken that on into my own relationship. And as I'm sure with your own children, that you've seen, how did it come that your son designed the cover for this book? That's really interesting. Well. Um He's a he's he's a he's good at drawing too. He doesn't do it uh, full time. He has another job, but he likes to draw. And uh, I just thought I'd give it a shot, see what he came up with, and I was thrilled, <laughs> thrilled with what he came up with. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty just, amazing. Just, you know, just the two of us. He's he's into a lot of the ideas that I'm into, and um, so we have that in common. And uh, he just had a he had a feel for what the cover should be, and and. Um, we worked on it together after he had the basic idea, and it's um, and we were both very pleased with it. Now, you know, you've been doing um, some book signings and some book tours lately. Um, would you have anything coming up? Uh, well, what I've done, I've decided to go on uh, and do um, expos. I've been doing expos lately, mostly in Pennsylvania okay. and New Jersey. And okay. um, I take my books with me, and I do tarot card readings. And I also design uh, children's sweaters, and so I call them sweet angel sweaters. Do you really? And I, I sell them. I didn't know this. Yeah. You're kidding. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. Where do they so, go? Uh, I've been going to these different ex- expos and uh, taking my stuff with me, and uh, it's a new it's a new avenue, but I'm enjoying it and having fun and and liking it. So. That's Are what I'm you doing. doing? You're designing them. Are you creating them as well, or just designing yes, them? Yes, I knit them and I design them. 
Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And they're called Sweet Angels? Sweet Angel Sweaters. Oh, wow. That's so great. I love this. This is such an extension of you that I didn't even know. I've been doing it since I was about in third grade. Yes, I've always been a big knitter. Yeah, really. So now, are you going to... how many how many sweaters do you make a week? Do you think, or is it just? It I just I, I I knit when I'm on watching television, so it depends on how much television I'm watching. But I'm very fast, and uh, I don't use any directions because I have my own directions, and so I just uh, I just create new patterns and things and um, sell them. <laughs> I'm they're fun for, at it for children. They're for yeah kids. for children. Are you thinking about maybe doing anything for adults later on? I did that you know, years ago. I had I had a, mm-hmm. a couple of outlets for my hand knit sweaters a couple of years ago, but and I even had some knitters working for me, but it didn't it didn't work out because I was such a perfectionist with the knitting that if they mm-hmm. had to rip something out, then the yarn wasn't the way I wanted it to be, and and so I just decided I would do it by myself. And that's and, amazing. Uh, I can't believe that I learned something new about you today with your sweaters. <laughs> I did not yeah. know. I had no idea that you were that you were doing this. So yeah. the sweaters. Now you're doing card readings as well. You're talking about. Yes, I um, do tarot card readings. Yes. Tell me about the tarot card readings. How how is that for you doing those? Well, I love doing it. I I have a, a tarot deck that um, that nobody on the East Coast has ever seen before. I got mm-hmm. it from going into the Psychic Eye in California. Anyone in California or Los Angeles oh, yeah, yeah, area yeah, yeah. knows about the Psychic uh-huh. Eye. And they had a whole wall full of Whoops. tarot cards. And mm-hmm. I spent about three hours there going through all the decks and picked the deck that I loved and then learned about tarot cards. And And I've been doing it ever since. Now, a lot of people, they think tarot cards immediately are like, the dark side and this and that. They're not. There's answers in the cards, and they don't have to be dark. Um, I'm interested. What deck did you choose? It's called the Merry De- the Merry Day deck. Mhm. You never heard of it, I right? Like, I have fairy. I have fairy cards, um, <laughs> and then I have some other ones that are angel messages. Um, uh-huh, those are the those yeah. are some of my favorites. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, these work for me, and I've always loved them. They are created by someone by the name of Louisa Poole, who's quite elderly, uh-huh. and she uh, she designed and painted all the paintings that are on the cards. And um, really, yeah. And I had a reading with her one time, and the, the person who was organizing the reading for her said that she was very elderly and only could only do it in the mornings, and that was about six years ago, so I'm not even sure she's still alive. But um, she's, she uh, the cards are beautiful, and I love using them. And, you know, it's, doing reading cards is no different from any other thing we do in life. Um, it, it's, it's finding what is helpful and what isn't helpful and, and ignoring what isn't helpful. I mean, because the whole purpose of reading tarot cards is to help people. Uh, is to mm-hmm. to show them, you know, to, to to be encouraging, to be to be positive, to to help them. So anybody who is listening to negative messages from cards, they really aren't listening to the love of God, because the love of God uh, comes through a loving attitude, not a punishing attitude, and not mm-hmm. a scaring attitude, 
And so you have to know, you know, you have to remember that in, regardless of what you're doing in life. You know, it doesn't, whether you're reading cards or whether you're, uh, and you're trying to c- counsel a friend or whatever you're doing, the love of God comes through love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I believe that very much so. Um, you spoke about a time when you were um, almost homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, where did that come after? I know we spoke about this before. Did that come after you left Warner Brothers? No, that came before I ever uh, ever went to Castle Rock. That was before I ever got a job in the entertainment business. I was temping really? in California. I'd come out from New York, and I was temping in California and not making ends meet. And mm-hmm. uh, and I was in a one-room apartment in Glendale that was roach-infested and... <laughs> Oh, it was God. pretty bad, and I was uh-huh. pretty—I was like a phone call away from living in my car, and mm-hmm. um, that's when I sat down in my my one room apartment and and started dealing with life as it was, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with life as it is, and um, saying that I that I was going to honor the gift and um, see what happened. And then you got your job at Castle Rock. Right. And you were and then there three weeks for later, I had a, a job time. at Castle Rock. I, I made one phone call after I said this prayer. I made one phone call to somebody that I had worked for as a temp, and mm-hmm. um, he told me he knew exactly the job for me. That I was perfect for the person who was, they were hiring. They were just starting their company, uh, and I I was hired the second day they were in business, and that was at Castle Rock. Are you kidding? No, they I had didn't only, know that had only part. Had the, I didn't know. Yeah, they that. had the five partners. Had the five partners. One of the partners had an assistant, and they had a they had a um, they had a, a an office manager, and I was the next person hired. Oh, that's funny. Now I know you modeled too for a while. Mm, that was and in New York and Philadelphia. That was before I moved uh-huh. to California. Yeah. Mhm. And you were doing television commercials in Philadelphia and New York as well. Yeah. Wow. Castle Rock. So you saw it from its very beginning conception. And so you left with your boss, who, are you still friends with him today? Yes. We still email back and forth. And he's he's at Disney now. He's the CEO at Disney. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. See, what greatness. And so you two are still connected. Mm -hmm. And when you left and went with him to Warner Brothers... Did he know? He obviously you and he got along really well. Did he know about your spirituality, so to speak, and how your outlook on everything was? Yes, and he was a great lesson in my life because uh, although he didn't agree with anything that I agreed with philosophy, with philosoph- mm-hmm. philosophically or whatever, philo- what's the word here? Um, uh, he, philosophic. He didn't ag- philosophic ideas. He lived them. Yeah. He lived That's them. Amazing. So it it, it was a great you know it was it taught me a lot about uh, how how important words are in in terms compared to how we are acting. It's really what you act out that counts because words are just noises coming out of your mouth. You know you can say mm-hmm. I believe this and I believe that, but it doesn't make a it doesn't make any difference because it's what you live that creates your life. And he lived mm-hmm. with complete integrity. And so, because he lives with a complete integrity, um, we got along great. Uh, I mean, he didn't have to believe everything I believed for us to get along, you know. Mm-hmm. 
So you said, but I wish I believed what you believe, but I don't. And so what? Yeah, so, so what? That's what and I say. So what? He lived a life of integrity, and so therefore he was a wonderful person to work for. Does he love your books? Does he read your books? He re- well, he usually does, and he and he tells me that the, he tells me something nice about them. I never know what Aww. he really thinks, but that's okay too. That's okay too. No, that's awesome to be able to still be in touch with him, and that is such a great inspiration to so many people. And what a great story! Um, you just decided to open your life up to what you really were really all about. And it's turned your life around, and I can't wait for this next book to come out. So that'll be your, well, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. This will be your sixth book then that you'll yeah. be coming out with. Yep. Wow. Now, um, are you going to think, are you thinking about writing children's books at all since you're so in, involved with, you love kids, I know that. Um, well, I, I'm not right now because I have, I know I'm going to do after this next book is finished too. So, um I don't know. I'll keep writing until I'm too old to write or till I can't pick the pen up anymore. But um I um I I haven't uh, I, you know, I haven't thought about a children's book. No. Uh that's a sort of a, a different field and I'm not sure, but I mean I never know what's going to happen. I just do I, I just do it. I see. Do do many speaking engagements at all, Betsy? I do some. I do some. Mhm. And yep. where could we maybe see you doing more? Because I think you're a really good speaker, and you have a lot to tell a lot of people. Oh, thank you. Well, you I, may start, I might start speaking at the expos. I haven't done that yet because that I'm, I'm be by so myself. Great. You know, I have my own table, and I'm sort of by myself. And when you go speak, mm-hmm. you have to leave your table, and I'm not sure how that would work out for me. But uh, I'm, I'm confident that... If it's timely, it'll happen, and it'll happen because everything works out that it's possible, and and I just trust that. I really trust that. No, I know, and I know that you are really, really spot on with your books and really open yourself up so much with with it. And what makes you decide when the book is finished? Is it just you know? You just know when it's done? Um, well, that's, that that has evolved through the writing of books because I used to think a book was ready before it was before it was ready, and now mm-hmm. I I judge a book ready when I can read it all the way through and not make one single change. Wow, that's the only way that I've learned it works for me. I have to be able to get all the way through it and not make one single change. That's that's just amazing that you're able to do that. And again, I want to give your websites out again. It's BetsyThompson.com. And if you go there, you can go. I've also posted the links in the chat room. And I've also posted the links um, on my Facebook page as well. And then you are on Facebook as well. I put that on there. And you can go there and you can have quotes. You put up one pretty much every day, don't you? I do, yes. And I have two Facebook pages. One, um, one is the author page, and I put them up on both pages. So whichever page you get, um, I I put it up there. No, that's awesome. Now, um, you are planning on doing some more of these book expos. Are you planning yes. a vacation at all this summer? A time for no. yourself, some downtime? No. I mean, I, no. I I feel like my life <laughs> my life is pretty happy. You know, I I um I don't need to go away to get happy. 
uh, I don't need to change my life. I, I have, I'm very happy the way it is. To me, vacation is, is time when you can be uh, with yourself and relax, and my life is like that almost all the time. You know, that's awesome that you're able to do that and I know that you said you were getting some storms and I can I I know what the storms are like out there in Pennsylvania. It's very beautiful the area that you're in and it's really nice. Um are you close are your children living close to you now or are they spread out all over the place? They're they're still spread out, uh doing their own thing and um my two daughters, my two artist daughters are, are close by and and having fun doing shows together and and um, oh, how cool yeah yeah what do they think about you writing well, they're happy that I'm doing what I love doing mm-hmm. you know that's 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 the key you know, and that's they're, the they're very part. yeah they're they're doing what they love doing and they're happy I'm doing what I love doing and that's that's good and the next book that's going to be coming out um it's you are what you think make your thoughts delicious. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's it. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I think that it sounds like food <laughs> to me. Make your thoughts delicious. Yeah. I um. And then what are you working on for after that? I'm working on the third trilogy of the of the Jesus books. Um, it's a uh, it's a book about Jesus in the. Um, in his own words, through me, uh, mm-hmm. what I believe are anyway, or what works for me, uh, about his um, travels and um, what he learned when he traveled and uh, who he met and how they affected his life and how he affected theirs. That sounds really good. It's, I just yeah. got a book the other day called um, The Story of the Love Story of Mary Magdalene. It was a fiction book, but it's a book based on some of the stuff in the Bible, and then it also talks about Mary Magdalene and her being the goddess and um, talking about all the different things that she went through in a spiritual sense and in her mm-hmm. own thoughts and words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really cool that you're going to do a book like that. What made you decide to do that? It's already been written. I just have to get back to it and... Um when I was working on it, uh, I, I, I put it down for a while to do other things because it just felt like it was the right thing to do. I always, I always uh, follow that inner guide that um, sort of leads me to where I need to be and what I need to be doing. I, I get the feeling inside of me that I that I know that I need to put it down and I know I need to pick something else up, and so I do it. I try really hard to follow that inner guide because I think it's. Um, working in there listening for all of us. Yourself. We just have to yeah. make sure we're listening. And I think that's amazing. And um, I would like to ask you what you would like to say to everybody today um, from your heart in regards to your new book and our continuing on journey. Well, there's a, there's a, I end, <clears throat> I'll end with a book about a chapter on peace. Uh, mm-hmm. and um, about the idea that if we expect to ever have peace in the world, we have to be living a peaceful life ourselves. And uh, because uh, it's this world is just a piece of real estate with billions of folks inhabiting it, and it, the stability of the earth depends on the nature of those who live there. So 
if we want the world to be rid of judgment, we have to get rid of it in our own life. If we want the world to be full of peace, we have to be living a peaceful life ourselves because you don't uh, bring peace to the world by telling other people to be peaceful. You bring peace to the world by living peacefully. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that one. That's such a great insight, and I think a lot of people are very confused about that because we all talk about peace in the world, and I think the best example is ourselves. Um, Is world peace possible? Um, The 21st chapter in your book, I think, is very important. Also, another important that I... Um, chapter I really enjoyed was your 15th chapter about why do nightmare nighttime dreams exist and then also the one is perfect health possible those were really important chapters for me in the book yeah yeah dreams dreams are um I I there's a there's a, like an introduction to it it says mm-hmm. um when we first make plans to manifest in matter in a body, we wanted an idea for guidance that was reliable and consistent, reliable in that it was protected from outside interference and consistent in that it was available on a fairly regular basis. And so that's the dream state. It offers a private sanctuary where individual growth can be considered independent of other people's growth. And um, that's the way I feel about the dreams that I have. They always have something to tell me about my life in the moment. They're, they're just mm-hmm. like a momentary reminder of what's going on in your life. And it's not that hard to understand. I don't follow anybody else's um, <clears throat> uh, symbols for what this, that, this and that and the other thing means because I think really that dreams are about your emotional growth. And so therefore it's very personal and you're the best, you're the best person who knows what it's about, because you're the only person who knows what's going on in your life emotionally. But that's a, mm-hmm. it's a great, um, it's a great help. No, and you know, I think that there's a really good message in here too. How you explain to everybody to really have an open mind when you're reading this book, um, and how it works for you individually. Um, I don't think that there's one set way to really look at everyone obviously everyone's going to interpret every something different but you're saying that your messages came from your view and that you felt like it changed so much and it was easy for you to be able to put your words into your thoughts into words and that you know it was your own personal journey and that you were hoping that other people would be able to be able to give and receive and understand the concept that you were talking about, which I think is really important. Because a lot of people, I think they write things and they just expect people to understand. And I think a lot of people, a lot of times people will walk away thinking, well, that's really interesting. That's why I think it would be so amazing to have you go and do symposiums or talk to people. Because you are a wealth of knowledge, and I think that your attitude really helps a lot of people and would probably be able to be catalyst to so many people. Well, thank you, Holly. Thank you. No, seriously, I, I, don't think, I do. I, I'm um, a great believer that um, we didn't come into a an experience on Earth to be complicated and to be confused. We came to some. We came here to realize how simple life is, and I really do believe that it is simple and it's all about the idea that uh whatever we 
bring to the world and put out into the world, we receive. I mean, it's it's all physics to me. Uh, I think the whole the world and the universe are all run by physics, and we're no different. We're run by physics too. Uh, it's all about action reaction, and it's not hard to understand. It's only sometimes hard to acknowledge. But that's where all the growth is from acknowledging. Yep. Now, you're constantly growing, and we all are constantly growing. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you do on a daily basis to keep yourself – you learn every day, obviously. Um, Well, I don't have to worry about that, and and nobody has to worry about that because the universe brings me exactly what I need to look at in other people. Mm -hmm. In other words, if I'm facing somebody who's irritating me, it's not about that person changing. It's about asking myself why that person irritates me and what I have to learn about myself because of it. This is how the universe is, is, is benevolent. Really, it truly is benevolent. It's kind. It's only trying to help us. And we attract to ourselves people who can help us grow. We don't have to go out looking for them. They arrive every single day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, no, they do. <laughs> Look, you're here yeah. today for me. I know that. I've learned a lot today. Okay. I have. I have, absolutely. And your book was such a great comfort to me in reading it. Um and with all your books, and I would definitely recommend anybody that hasn't read any of your books. I think Walking Through Illusion was really good. Um, they're all so good. They all just have such a different a different thing. And the What Happens If I book, that book was just so good, too. Um, I mean, they're all so different. And this newest book here is really good because... You really touch on a lot of things that a lot of people are afraid to talk about. Yes. And, you know, if we're all fear-based, which, you know, the world's trying to become so much more of, I think that that's kind of like where it's putting a lot of people, is putting people into fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, not, and, and, and being afraid to ask and being afraid to um, actually step forward and really talk about how you're really feeling where yeah. you're really talking about that in this book. And I want to yeah. thank you so much for doing that for so many of us and being such a great example to a lot of us. And I want to thank you again for being on the show because you've been on with um, a couple of your other books. And like I said, this has just been so wonderful to be able to talk about this book because when I got this, you sent it to me, I thought it was just like I was reading it and there were so many things in it that I could relate to and I could totally understand there are so many different lessons to be learned in so many different things in different ways. Um, And I'm hoping that is true for a lot of other people out there. You can pick this book up and actually kind of like go into more of a positive, um, proactive state rather than victimizing yourself, right? Right. Do you yep. agree with me on that one? Yeah, because a lot of times we think, well, what if, you know, why did this happen? What, you know, what kind of, you know, this happened to me, you know, you're in charge of your own self, as, you, as you've pointed out so many times to us. So I want to thank you again so much for being here today. And, um, again, if you missed the beginning of the show, it will be available um, on demand. And, again, um, this is Betsy Otter Thompson, and uh, Betsy, do you want to say anything to everyone before we end our show today? Well, a piece. Uh, this is a little statement, so I'll leave with you. Peace is a state of mind. After it's found in thought, it manifests in matter. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
And thank you very much, Holly. I've enjoyed talking to you. You're and, very, very welcome. And, and really stay safe from the host. storms. And um, I would love to uh, see you soon. That would be really okay. cool. Okay. I would like that. All right. Yeah. Okay, everyone. And make sure to tune in Friday. Um, I have Sub Pop book, and um, again today we've had Betsy Otter Thompson on. And um, gosh, this week is going so fast. I hope everyone had a really safe holiday. And for everyone um, experiencing loss, feelings of sadness or storms or challenges, just um, go through it, feel it, and see what you can learn from it. Thank you, Betsy, so much for being here today. Thank you, Holly. You're very Bye-bye. welcome. Bye. You've been listening to Red Velvet Media with Holly Steffi. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time.